Hey everybody, welcome to Manoj Speaks. Today I'm delighted to chat with Shane Brunette, CEO and founder of Crypto Tax Calculator, an Australian company dealing with crypto taxation. We'll talk about cryptos, the taxation needs of Australia and other countries, and how Shane's product can help. Hey Shane, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Manoj. I know you're a very busy man, especially during the Australian taxation time, which is like right now. So I do appreciate you supporting this, um, supporting my request to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to kind of join in and be on a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you have a great time. I do. Um, before we get into it, uh, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where do you come from? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I'm a software engineer, um, uh, live in Sydney, Australia. Um, uh, yeah, uh, previous to being a software engineer, I was actually uh, in uh, psychology. And then, um, yeah, I got into software engineering after doing like a master's of IT in artificial intelligence. And at some point, um, was in the cryptocurrency space in like 2017 and kind of got into like a bit of a tax situation. We're going pretty hard in like the ICO space. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, had this problem where I couldn't actually resolve my own tax issues at the time. I essentially, um, like there was some technology changes in the cryptocurrency space and um with the existing kind of tax solutions at the time weren't able to kind of uh, meet my personal requirements and pretty much most people I was talking to. Uh, so, you know, being a software engineer, I thought, oh, you know, how hard is this going to be to be able to come up with my own solution? I thought it would just be a few days. Um, and here I am. I was actually looking at it, yeah, about three years and five months. Uh, a lot of that was kind of working on this as a side project. Uh, but now, yeah, full-time commitment to it and I think uh, we've got about a team of 12 or 13 um, yeah so it's kind of got in a lot more than just that few days worth of work that's amazing you had you had a bit of a career change there or maybe they're all interconnected I'm not sure but from psychology to software engineer to crypto or was there something else between software and crypto uh, no, software and crypto kind of happen at the same time. Um, uh, that was just, you know, because I'm a software engineer, I was actually able to understand some of the projects that were being developed in the space. And back in 2017, there was a bit of an ICO boom. And um, I was actually working on a different startup in 2015-16, and quite a few, one of the people in that startup was working on an Ethereum based project project back in 2015-16 that was you know when ETH was like two three dollars um, I was really committed to my startup so I didn't invest in ETH at the time I wanted all the money to focus on my own startup and a lot of the other guys in that kind of incubator invested in ETH um, my startup was never successful that one neither was anyone else's but yeah pretty much everyone in that kind of group of six different teams like quite a few of them ended up multi-millionaires straight out of uni out of that i was a little bit kind of uh, <laughs> wanted to try to play catch up on that um for a while yeah <laughs> yeah 
what a what a dream dream way to finish a university ending up as a as a multimillionaire and i'm going to talk i love entrepreneurial journeys of people so we'll touch on that again you made it sound um, uh, you know like a sad beginning <laughs> to your own venture but i think hey everything happens for the best i'm sure you've not only caught up but you're going to zoom past everyone else over the next 10 15 20 years um for most of my listeners who not more some of my listeners may not know much about cryptocurrencies uh they may just have heard the word bitcoins um in a nutshell um could you explain to us what is cryptocurrency um yeah it's pretty hard to explain that one really it depends what type of cryptocurrency you're looking at a lot of the cryptocurrencies out there aren't really much more than um a token that people can try to buy and then sell on to the next person at a higher price i'd say that's for a large majority of them but there are some interesting technologies kind of in there that might at some point enable like this concept of i guess they call it decentralized finance where you can kind of build a program upload it to kind of like a well, you know, they call it like the Ethereum network. Like uh, It's almost like a virtual cloud kind of, um, which no one can kind of take down, I suppose. And it's just, you know, it's like an open source kind of program that allows you, as an example, you know, to take, to deposit money on one side of the contract and somebody else borrow money. And that's like written as a program that people can look at uh, in the, kind of in the cloud i suppose and nobody can kind of take that down like you can't have a government try to take that down you can't have um you know other companies try to take that down it's just kind of it's uncensorable um unless you took down every computer that is kind of running an, a node to support that blockchain which is you know in the case of ethereum that's like you can anyone can spin up a note so it's pretty much it's like torrenting bit torrent you know with music pirating music back in the day like you know it's very hard to shut that down it kind of forces the industry to evolve and now you've got spotify um and traditionally like you know a lot of the financial middlemen it's more around you know the value that they provide is like a trusted service you know you go to a bank They'll connect you with a depositor if you're a borrower and they're kind of the middleman and they take a cut. You know, the idea here is that you've got the program up in the air, uh, in the cloud, and, um, you know, it's very written in stone what this program does and anyone can deposit money into it and anyone could borrow money. That's just like one aspect of it. You could have programs for any kind of financial contract, I suppose. Um and they've got their drawdowns like you can't you can't wind it back you can't it's hard to have any kyc on this it's hard to censor yeah that could be a benefit and a downturn down like in the, you could have a gambling product as an example how do you how do you make sure the people of legal age etc you know there's definitely it introduces a lot of kind of disruptive concepts to what's traditionally only been able to be managed by um, uh, you know, a, a trusted third party being a bank or a financial organisation or something like that. Why is there such a big debate on 
the use of cryptos, the, the benefits of cryptos, the validity of cryptos. It seems to be so polarized. There's one group wanting to take it down and remove it from hum humanity and there's another group that just wants to continue to support and let it grow and evolve. Uh, I think that's kind of similar to, I mean, the BitTorrent bit torrent and torrenting music, you know, torrenting files back in 2000, Napster, all that stuff. It was pretty disruptive at the time, and there's plenty of good reasons why you'd want to take that down. Um, but there's also, you know, if you looked at the time, you know, there's a, the, the, the industry was very controlling about the uh, distribution of music you know the way it was set up how only a, f a few select parties were able to distribute music effectively um you know it, it, there's definitely there's trade-offs I, I suppose with the bit torrenting kind of perspective and the disruption ended up leading to a better outcome for all parties. I feel like we're kind of reaching that stage now with Spotify. We might not be there yet, but, you know, it, the, disrupt, the disruption did end up kind of benefiting the overall economy at the end of the day. Uh, so I think there's kind of like the same thing with cryptocurrency and the financial industry. I do think over the next, say, 20 years, there'll probably be quite widespread disruption of the financial industry just generally by tech, and cryptocurrency could be a part of that. But, you know, uh, I guess, you know, the early adopters of cryptocurrency have been, you know, of various backgrounds. Some of them are it can be viewed as quite political, um, for better or worse, Um but you know that there is probably technology if if you're agnostic about the politics, etc. Like I think you know the actual technology itself, there is something that will be disruptive. And I think you know uh, probably like money has always been closely tied to power. Like it's always going to cause a lot of conflict. Uh, this type of disruption. Yes, yes. It's great to be a part of this disruption. I mean, the entire digital media is about disruption at the moment, whether it be music or currency or apps or anything you look, it's, it's, it's trying to bring out a product that's disruptive and that causes people to think differently and then it gets adopted and then there's a new disruption. Um, with cryptos, when I first heard about cryptos very late in the business, um, I thought it was a digital currency that I could just use for everyday transactions and things of that sort, but it seems to have evolved into a more of an investment tool. Um, and more and more people seem to be investing, uh, seems to be spending, buying these cryptos, various types of cryptocurrencies and holding on to it for as long as you can, because then the value would grow, something like gold. You know, I could go out somewhere and dig for, dig for gold, mine for gold, and keep it with me. And as I keep it for years and years and years, its value keeps going up. And when I need it, I sell it. Um, do you think that is the right way for crypto to go? Um, yeah, yeah, the store of value kind of idea. Like, I guess Bitcoin came out with the idea of, you know, cash 
alternative to cash, like digital cash. Um, and then, you know, would it replace fiat currency? And that evidently hasn't happened yet. People, some people seem to argue that it might. I, I'm not really, I don't really have a view on that one way or the other. I think it's fairly speculative view personally. Uh, and I guess that's kind of moved from the focus of being like a replacement for fiat currency to like being a store of value. Um, again, you know, gold's had a very long time to prove its value, um, that it, it kind of is maintainable over a long period of time. Um, uh, Bitcoin seems to be very volatile. I personally... Just I think a lot of the value is driven by emotion personally and I try to just buy. If I am going to speculate, I'll try to buy when all my mates don't even want to talk about it. Uh, you know, there was a period in 2018, 2019 when I was working on this crypto tax app and you couldn't, you couldn't talk to people about cryptocurrency. Anyone who you talked to would roll their eyes at you going, you know, isn't this over? Um, the thing's dead. Uh who are you kidding? Um, so that's a great time to be buying. Like ETH was $90 <laughs> uh, and then it was up to 4600 when you see it in the headline news. So you kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of, uh, it's hard to know if it will be a store of value long time, long term or not. I definitely think it's proven to have emotional um, cycles and people tend to get very emotionally binded to one view or the other which can leave, lead to a lot of mispricing. Um, you kind of want to do the opposite to what most people are doing, I guess, if you're going to kind of benefit that, uh, leverage that mispricing. True, I've been reading up a lot and I know friends as well, you know, some investing $50 a month and, and then trying to buy a little crypto and there are others spending thousands and in fact millions of dollars, some from a consolidated group of friends and they didn't buy a syndicate and buy massive amount of cryptos out there so there's a lot of money pumping being pumped into the system people acquiring keeping it selling it it's a very busy transaction channel that I can see and obviously this means uh, the government will be interested because it involves money and that means tax um, how does crypto taxation on cryptos work? Is it the same as your normal currencies and investments and earnings or is it different? Yeah, so that really depends on what tax jurisdiction you're in and also your individual circumstances. But generally speaking, um, yeah, a lot of countries and tax jurisdictions kind of cast it as similar to property rather than a currency per se. They kind of think, you know, this is like an asset, like a capital asset. And, you know, the purchase is forms the cost basis, like what you paid for it. And then when you sell it, that's that's when you dispose of that asset. That's when it triggers a capital gain or loss event. You know, it's some sort of tax event that sits on your capital ledger. Um, they, they generally think, you know, crypto to crypto is also, you know, you're disposing of one asset for another one, just like you. maybe they're all food, but you're disposing of a banana for an apple. Well, that's a disposal. Like, they don't care that it's just crypto. 
Um, and then, you know, you might not have actually made any money from your investments in crypto. Like they, they more care about, you know, each single transaction that you make within the cryptocurrency space and how that impacts you from a tax tax perspective. That's still kind of a misconception in the market that, you know, it's kind of like all one big thing and you, you take out what you put in and that would be taxable, whereas that's not often the case. Like depending on your tax jurisdiction, you might be trading up when Bitcoin was 50 grand and you might be triggering capital gain events at 50 grand and then typically you would hold during a bear market, let's say crypto Bitcoin crashes to five grand, you don't want to sell it at that price, but then these you've realized capital gains in this financial year and you still got to pay taxes on those financial gains even though you haven't cashed out you don't actually have any cash in your hand you've now got like say say you you traded the bitcoin for eth and you've only got five grand worth of eth left well they don't they don't really care they they care about when you sold the bitcoin for 50 grand Uh, so you could kind of really you have to really kind of think about the tax implications it could get quite messy quite quickly especially when you're trading across exchanges like typically you know you're trading shares you, you, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in Sydney, so say if you're on in the, you know, the New York Stock Exchange or the ASX, like you're trading shares on that exchange, usually with one bookkeeper, it's very hard to, you don't usually move shares between bookkeepers. Um, and you, you generally, like it's listed on the ASX, for example, it's not going to be listed somewhere else, not the same share. Whereas with crypto, you can move funds between exchanges very easily. It's kind of set up for that. Um, there's particularly global exchanges, you know, they're crypto only exchanges, so they're kind of expecting it. So no single exchange, no single book, bookie, you know, no, no platform is going to know what the cost basis is of your crypto because you're moving it around all the time. So it's very hard to kind of keep track of the cost basis and work out, you know, what was the cost of this and what was the sale price and what's the actual gain here. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, that's where we fit in with the aggregator service. Like we kind of aggregate all of the different data sources and kind of add it into one kind of format, so that you know we can actually work it out. We we look across all your activity. Great stuff. I think that's um, a good segue into understanding more about your products, your business, and the services you offer. Um, how is your product? The crypto tax calculator you've got a website crypto tax calculator.io how is your service beneficial for everyday investors for their taxation what do you do yeah so essentially um we allow you to import all your transaction history in, into the app using you know you just export like a csv file from your exchange or you enter your public wallet address and then we kind of will help uh, normalize everything so that it's really easy from a bookkeeping perspective to manage your taxes. Um, rather, and then you can kind of give the reports to your normal accountant so they can just, you know, follow, help you file your tax taxes rather than having to go to, you know, a really specialized accountant, get charged thousands of dollars just to sort out like a few hundred transactions that you might have made across your entire crypto kind of history um and yeah we actually work with a lot of accountants now as well who also use our product um to help 
people who've been trading in crypto. Um, yeah, without having a software solution to do it by hand is next to impossible. Um, you could spend weeks and weeks just on like 20, 30 transactions trying to get it sorted because uh, you've got like the the fees might be in a different cryptocurrency to what you're actually trading. Everything's in different formats. Then you've got to run a tax algorithm on top of it. Uh, yeah. it's, it it's, it's a nightmare. Kind of, you, you basically, we deal with a lot of users who've kind of, you know, if you didn't have the software, it would be a total nightmare to work out. So it's a bit like a shark bite problem. You only kind of come to us when you realize you really need it. Uh, but pretty much anyone who's doing any type of activity in the cryptocurrency space, like more than a handful of trades, uh, you're going to significantly benefit in terms of time and also cost by using us because, um, you know, it will help you kind of monitor your activity as well and work out, oh, you know how much taxes you do have so you're not massively exposed with some of the situations which I described before where, you know, you have a tax bill that is larger than your current portfolio. That can actually happen, um, things like that. So, yeah. So to use your services, people would go to CryptoTaxCalculator.io, they sign up, choose one of the packages you offer, um, I believe it's a yearly subscription. Um, they take that offer and then they connect with an exchange. Um, and then through that integration, it your system pulls all the data that's required to create a report that's easy f for that individual or for the accountant to decipher, right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Great. Sounds so easy. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, I guess the the complexities start to come in um, if you've been trading across multiple exchanges. Um, you know, we support like over 400 different exchanges. So that's an important aspect. The other thing is that we really focused on kind of the DeFi and decentralized exchange space as well. So that can be really complex. Like if you've got, if you're trading on something like uh, I'm not sure if your users would know about decentralized exchanges, but it's more like peer-to-peer -peer trading. And then, you know, you've got to consider all the fees uh, that are kind of paid in cryptocurrency. Um, uh, yeah, it gets really complex, the calculations. Um, yeah. And is your platform built to suit the taxation needs of uh, every country you operate in? Is there a handful you operate, or is it just let's say Australia? Yeah, we support, uh, I think it's over 20 tax regions now, uh, Australia, US, Canada, UK, most of the EU, I think South Africa's in there, a few other countries. Um, we've got that listed on the landing page there, so you can always have a look. Um, uh, yeah, Australia is an interesting country from a tax perspective. We we're the first to cast a view on cryptocurrency. So, yeah, being property and crypto to crypto transactions being tradable events. Um, it's, it's strange, but um, the ATO, which is the Australian Tax Office, uh, is looked up to by most other tax agencies in the world. And they've kind of followed Australia's lead from a tax perspective uh, when, when it comes to cryptocurrency. So you have the ATO to blame globally for the kind of nightmare situation that 
many uses find themselves in. Thanks, ATO. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you happy about that? Are you happy that we were the ones to put a floodlight on um, the taxation on cryptos? Do you think it shouldn't have been there? Uh, I mean, yeah, the ATO has been really good with their e-tax solution as well. Like we've got the best in the world when it comes to e-tax. We've got like some of the most compliant um, citizens out of every country. You know, we're a very high tax kind of country. Um, you know, I guess it's good for the government. Um, yeah, the, yeah, taxes in the US, for example, they're a lot more kind of uh, difficult. There's a lot more paperwork as an example uh, so you know from that perspective it's beneficial to the user i guess you know the ATO had a lot more experience dealing with cryptocurrency they had like you know the whole craig wright thing with craig wright being australian like in 2012 i think they had a few things come up there so they were kind of exposed to the cryptocurrency space i think ahead of everyone else as well your product has been well adopted in the market from what i can see on your website it says you've got 400 integrations close to 20,000 users and 37 million transactions so this must really make you happy because it's all happened in like three years and you know you're not that worried anymore about your friends who became multimillionaires because you've got your own empire being built it's a great service by the way you offer because I actually came through your company while I was researching on crypto and tax and there are hardly any competitors. I would say three that I came across, maybe two. And yours struck a chord straight with me because you're Australian. Um, straight away, you've got the trust factor in there. So how do you feel about all these success? Um, I mean, the success you've hit so far and, and your overall entrepreneurial journey from the day you started with a what, a notebook and a pen, thinking of what name should I call my crypto tax calculator business? <laughs> yeah, obviously it wasn't too innovative with the name, just went straight for what it was. Um, yeah, look, it's it's definitely, uh, it's been challenging. Like it's, um, you know, it's an indie hacker project. I, I kind of went down exploring the VC route, like back with my original startup years ago. Uh, I guess the ecosystem has changed a lot in Australia, but I wasn't really blown away with it at the time. Um, and then I kind of really was quite interested in like more like an indie hacker style project, um, you know, building something as a side project on the side of like contract work or whatever. Um, uh, you know, I was, I guess I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, uh, I think, yeah, like about a year and a half ago, like before COVID here, like sometime before that, I uh, really kind of doubled down on this app, I suppose. Um, like rewrote the whole thing based on what I had kind of thought. Hadn't really hit product market fit. Like you spent a lot of time trying to find product market fit in startups. Uh, you know, my first business didn't hit product market fit at all. And, you know, uh, the second one was trying to work on it for quite some time um, before it did hit product market fit. But yeah, pretty much after that rewrite, almost immediately, like it started to take off. Um, 
was still contracting at the time, had to kind of bring in uh, my brother who was a software engineer to kind of manage things, to de-risk it from my perspective because I wasn't really sure, you know, how sustainable the growth was. Um, in hindsight, you know, I was maybe too cautious there. So it's just kind of been mind-blowing. Once you do hit product market fit, it's a bit, it's a lot like the coronavirus, like uh, with the the uh, exponential growth. Like you know, it, it kind of it's really hard to stay ahead um, of demand. Uh, like we, yeah, it's it's just uh, there's just been a lot of demand. Um, you know, you touched on some competitors there. Like I, I'd argue, you know, we're pretty much the only thing that works. Um, which is kind of important if you're trying to do your taxes. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's been um, just really kind of challenging to keep up with momentum, I suppose. Like there's just um, – it's hard. Like it's startups are hard because it's really hard to try to find product market fit. And you think, you know, that's usually the goal, like try to get product market fit. Uh, there's very little kind of advice on what to do after you find product market fit. Uh, especially in Australia, I feel like, you know, there's not a lot of people who do find product market fit. It's pretty rare. Um, and how to manage that afterwards, it's kind of like just trying to chase a boulder down the hill, like you, whereas you're trying to push it up all the time and then you kind of get to the top of the hill where you hit product market fit and then you're trying to constantly chase up to this kind of boulder like it keeps on getting ahead of you uh, so it's a different type of pressure I suppose it's definitely positive but I haven't really had much of a chance to sit down and uh, enjoy the the sunshine I suppose <laughs> your day will arrive Shane one day. <laughs> but I've got another uh, we're coming to the end of our I'll talk so I've got just one or two more questions just based on what you said just before I said this now do you are you perhaps thinking considering planning um, a move to the United States perhaps do you feel the the traction you get there could be better the access to a pool of experience crypto operators is perhaps higher there are you happy with what the Australian startup culture offers? Yeah, look, I, I don't think I'd be moving to the US anytime soon. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, the ecosystem is probably more important uh, when you haven't found product market fit or you're a non-profitable company and you kind of need to rely on other people for support, otherwise your business will die. I guess we're not in that situation uh you know we're a high growth SaaS startup uh, once you've got the money you can buy the support um so yeah I, I don't think at this stage um the only thing is that you know it's hard to find other people who you know have been in the same situation as myself or that i'm finding myself in now um at least in Australia. I'm not sure if that would be different in the US, but I'm also not really convinced that just moving to the US all of a sudden I'd be friendly with other successful SaaS startup owners. Like it's, a, especially in the indie hacker space, like it's pretty, most companies these days as a SaaS business 
aren't independently like we have we're 100 bootstrap like i've never put in more money than, um, i haven't pulled much money out either but um you know it's it's 100 you know from an empty text file to you know like a multi-million dollar business um it's not many people who've kind of gone into that point so i'm not sure you know how easy it is to find those people regardless of what country i moved to I'll watch your growth very closely, Shane. Uh, it'll be an exciting one. I can say, well, I knew that guy. He spoke to me one day. <laughs> he spoke to me on the, on the 16th of July at 2 o'clock. Um, finally, this is a question I ask everybody, and uh, I'm going to ask you as well. Looking, at, looking back at your life, looking at everything from... Um, your upbringing to your initiatives to your entrepreneurial ventures your ups and downs failures and success what have you learned the most about yourself about others and what's your if there was a message you could give to the entire human race uh, today what would that be uh, that's a tough question um I mean, I guess, like, don't give up, you know. Yeah, I probably, I actually did give up on the product at one point, like about two, two and a half years ago. I kind of hit burnout or something and didn't work on it really for six months. And that's, that did set me back from a competitive point of view. We've definitely caught up now and overtaken most of the competition. Um, but, you know, you could definitely have doubts, and I've certainly had them, Um I've been knocked down a lot. Um, yeah, if you just kind of keep on trying, you'd be surprised how far that strategy gets you. Yeah. <laughs> Grit. Grit's probably... If, but also, you know, being successful isn't everything either. Uh, like, it depends what you're trying to grind towards. Um, yeah. So you got to have the right reasons, I suppose. Do not give up. Try, try until you succeed. I like it. Most people do try, but they give up at some point. It could be one year, three years, five years, but they may not know success is just around the corner. Maybe they may need to give 10 years, who knows? But if you really believe in your dream and you are convinced you have that gut instinct that this will work, people will love the product, then there's no excuse in giving it up. You've got to keep, keep at it, tinkering away. Yeah, I mean, you have you have to listen to the market as well. Like, um, yeah, it's a lot like digging for gold. It's not very useful if you just try to dig for gold in the middle of Sydney. Uh, you kind of need to be, like, the market has a large part of it as well. Like, it's a major factor. So it's not just, like, blindly focusing, I guess, but just a general sense of grinding away until you get somewhere and putting in the effort and not giving up on putting in an overall effort uh but you might have to change directions a lot uh yeah thank you shane and for all my listeners as you know this is your taxation time and you may have a lot of uh, cryptos purchase a little cryptos purchase maybe you know others who have and if you're struggling or maybe if your accountant is struggling i spoke to one accountant who was telling me that he was struggling with crypto stuff because he didn't have that 
experience previously. So if you're in those situations, I highly recommend that you check out Shane's uh, company that he has built so hard over the years and it's called the CryptoTaxCalculator.io. I'll put the link to the site in the show notes. So please check it out and give it a try and you won't know how the product works till you try. He is providing an extremely affordable way um, by which you can get your crypto tax done like that. Shane, thank you so much for your time. I had a, a great time speaking with you. You're probably the, the most soft-spoken guest I've ever had on the show. So this is uh, something etched in my memory. And I'm also happy that I have a new crypto consultant. <laughs> So if I ever need to be the next multimillionaire and I need you to tell me quickly on the go the top five cryptos I need to invest for hundred dollars no, getting thousand ten thousand whatever uh, I may just check with you no worries Manoj thanks for having me <laughs>